Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today, and we hope that this builds you up and helps you live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Is everybody doing good tonight? Hey, well, I'm sure glad that so many of you dressed up. You came in your best costumes. I'm wiping ramen noodles off the podium. Uh, you came in your best costumes tonight. I will say uh, this Landon hairpiece is making my head itch quite a bit, so I'm probably going to be taking it off in just a minute. Hey, Landon did tell me earlier, he said, be careful when you dress like me. You're probably going to have a lot of girls come up and think you're real cute. And I'll just be honest, I've not had one tell me that. So. <laughs> sorry, Landon. I'm sorry. We, we love you. Hey, uh, I don't know if you knew about this deal, but I don't know what the official count is tonight. But if we had 120 students here t- tonight, y'all know what gets to happen? Landon gets the Bieber do cut off. Okay, so I don't know what the official count is. We're going to leave that hanging out there for a few minutes. We'll find out now that everybody's seated, hopefully, what uh, numbers are here tonight. But hey, uh, if this is your first time, man, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Cole. I'm the youth pastor here. Man, uh, we're going to do uh, some cool stuff tonight. I'm going to share with you just for a few minutes, and uh, we're going to have some pizza, some snacks and some dodgeball after service. Can I get a what-what for some dodgeball? Anybody excited about dodgeball? I thought it would be pretty amusing to see everyone in their Halloween costumes playing dodgeball. So I thought it would be pretty amusing that way. It should be pretty funny to watch you guys running around doing that. Um, hey, uh, real fast, one other thing that I want to hit on uh, that I, I make sure that you know. One, I want to remind you, we have small groups Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Man, we have a ton of fun. We have snacks. We play games. We have some great discussion that will help you uh, grow closer to the Lord. So come and be involved in that. Uh, but next week... We're actually starting a new sermon series uh, actually built off of uh, your student surveys that you filled out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We're starting it next week, and it's called Broken. Okay, so I think it'll help you. Man, it'll help address a lot of topics and things that you guys pinpointed on your surveys from a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you come next week and you're a part of that. Amen. Hey, uh, so tonight what I want to do... I'm going to try to share for just a a few short minutes, but I need you to pay attention. Okay, Braylon? I promise I'll I'll do this as short as I can. Okay, so what I want to do, if you would, would you bow your heads with me? Let's say a prayer and just invite the Lord to come and speak to us tonight. So, Lord, we do come to you in Jesus' name. God, we thank you. We thank you for every student. We thank you for every leader. Lord, we just pray right now that you would speak to our hearts God, that you would help us to learn about you, to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Okay, so this first part of service tonight, I actually want to do something a little different. I want to hear from you, okay? So what are some church phrases or other names that we use to, uh, I guess, name Christ, to call Christ, to call Jesus in the Bible? Does anybody know? 
Jehovah, okay, that's another name for God. What, what you got? Hosanna, I like it. Yahweh, another name for God. I'm looking, I'm looking more specific at Jesus, but Messiah, okay, that's a good one. Emmanuel, Jesus. Yes, we use Jesus to, to name Jesus. Some other, some other ideas. Savior, what I hear over here? Lamb of God, yeah, I like that one a lot. Any other ideas? The chosen one. I'm just walking out here randomly. See if I can hear any of you. Nash? What'd you say? I heard baby in the manger. <laughs> okay. Technically, I suppose that's correct. Any other ideas? What you got? I am, dude. That's a big one. King of kings. Lord of lords. Okay, now we're getting to what I want, right? Prince of Peace, Alpha and Omega, Fear, okay. Do what? I, I can't hear you. Yeah. Fear Conqueror, okay. I think you were muffled by your mask. I'm sorry. Okay, a couple more and we'll be done. Abba, King of Heaven and Earth, Emmanuel. Yeah, we've already heard that one. Okay, okay. So, y'all, essentially, I think what we've just discovered is that Jesus has a lot of names, right? Okay, so this is what I want to talk about for just a second, because what I think is so cool, and, and what we're all guilty of, if we're going to be honest, we can say a bunch of these names, these things that we call Jesus, phrases that we use to define who he is, or maybe some things that he's done, but a lot of us would probably struggle to explain what those mean. Would you, would you give me like a yes on that? I think we would all probably start to struggle, you know, just a little bit to explain this. And so I wrote down a few, a lot of these uh, are things that you guys said. I have 12. Uh, one, Alpha and Omega. Man, uh, Jesus is called beginning and the end, the Prince of Peace, the Bread of Life, the Lamb of God, uh, the Light of the World, Savior, Messiah. He's called the Son of Man, uh, the King of Kings. And then these last two are what I want you to hang on to tonight. He's called the Lord of Lords and the Lord of All. Have you heard that? Okay, have you heard Jesus is Lord? We, we all have kind of said this, right? Uh, you know, uh, and so where do we get these kind of names? All of them are rooted in Scripture. Where do we get Jesus is Lord or he's Lord of all? Uh, it's obviously, it's rooted in Scripture. And a lot of these Scriptures, uh, when you begin to look these things up, when, when uh, Jesus is defined as Lord, these verses are often talking about salvation. Okay, and so th this idea of Jesus being Lord is very significant, right? If it has to do with salvation, it's probably something we all should know a little bit about. Can I get an amen about that? Okay, two people, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm telling you, this is, this is kind of uh, significant. And so what I want you to see tonight, what I want to do, I just wanna take a look at this phrase, Jesus is Lord, and I want you to kind of think about what it means, why is it significant, and what it should mean to us, okay? And, and I think that this is gonna challenge you a lot when you really kind of begin to dive into this uh, for just a, a few minutes, okay? And so uh, what I want you to do, tune your eyes to the screen. I've got a few verses for you. Uh, the first one's out of Revelation chapter 19, and this is uh, saying, uh, kind of describing Jesus' appearance upon his second coming, and it says this, 
on his robe, on Jesus's robe, and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Did you know that that was written on Jesus's thigh? Who knew? It's like, what, does Jesus have a tattoo? Um, <laughs> I, probably not a tattoo, but something much cooler than that, I would guess, okay? He's pretty creative. He is God. Uh, and so on his thigh, on his robe, his name is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, Romans 10, 9, this is a verse that's often quoted around the topic of salvation. You've probably heard this before, but I want you to think about it. It says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is what? Is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The beginning is if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, right? Okay, last verse I want you to look at. Philippians, this is in chapter two. This is actually three verses, but it says this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Okay, I'm telling you if, you, if you wanna Google scriptures that talk about Jesus being Lord, you can Google it, and it's gonna be scripture after scripture, verse after verse. We see it all throughout the Bible, but this is what I wanna look at for just a second. What does it really mean? What does it really mean that Jesus is Lord? Why is it significant, and what does it mean for us as believers, okay? And so what I wanna look at for just a second, uh, I, I pulled this out of one of my uh, lexicons on one of my Bible study uh, applications online, and I wanted to define Lord, okay? So this should give you a little bit of depth of what we're talking about here, uh, and I, I think they have this on the screen as well, uh, but the first kind of definition that it gave was that Lord means a supernatural master overall. Okay, so a master overall. Lord means that Jesus has authority over all. What does overall mean? All. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's brilliant. I like it. Okay, it means that he has authority over everything. He has authority over you and me. He has authority over the earth and all of its inhabitants, all of the universe, all of what we can see and all of the spiritual realm that, that you and I can't see. Jesus says he has authority over it all, right? Uh, the second one, the second definition tonight is owner, one who owns or controls estate, land, and property such as slaves. You think about that for just a second. This is starting to get a little more significant, right? When you start thinking about declaring that Jesus is the Lord of your life, it's saying that he has authority over you. It's saying that he owns you, right? And if you are his slave, what does that mean for you? You do what your master tells you to do, right? In the moments when you don't desire to do the things that Jesus tells you to do, what do you do? You do it anyway because he's your master, right? This is, this is what it means. Third, third definition, it's a ruler, your master, a lord, one who exercises authority over another. Uh, the, the fourth idea here is, is that lord means sir. It's, it's kind of like a title of respect. And then lastly, uh, lord means that one belongs to God. Okay, so let me just ask you this question. Let me think, let's think about this for just a second. Um, 
who in here, when you have made a decision to follow Christ, or maybe you, you've gone, you've prayed, you've, you've uh, I don't know what the tradition is in, in the church that you normally go to, you shake hands with a pastor, you go down to the altar and y'all pray together, whatever. You've made some sort of confession that you said, Jesus is Lord of my life. Have you done that? Okay, well, if you've prayed in Powerhouse with me to do that, we do that every time anyone accepts Christ as their Lord and Savior, okay? So this is what I want you to think about for just a second. There are a lot of Christians in, in America, a lot of Christians around the world. We can say things with our lips, right? But then we are guilty when our lifestyle doesn't really line up with that. You feel me? And so what we're saying here, and what I want you to kind of see is I think we're often guilty of saying one thing with our lips. We can come and we can sing songs to exalt Christ and we can say these words that Jesus is Lord. And, and what this actually means is that when I've submitted my life to Jesus, I now do what he wants me to do. I now submit my will to him. I'm not led by my desires and my fleshly things. I'm not led by what I want. But, but even in those moments of temptation or when I want to do something else, I choose to do what my master has called me to do, okay? So if you're starting to kind of get this just a little bit, when you say this phrase, Jesus is Lord, it means much more than just a little confession out of your, out of your mouth, but it means that it should completely transform the way that you live, okay? And so I think this kind of idea, this reality is something that we're guilty of a lot within the church. We say things that we don't quite understand. We, we make professions that we don't really live out to the best of our ability. And um, I want you to see if you have made a profession in Jesus Christ to believe in him, to follow him, what that means scripturally, when it's talking about you must confess him as the Lord of your life, that means you give him all authority over you and how you live and what you do, right? And this is what I, I believe we've got completely missed in a lot of American Christianity because I think uh, for most people in America today, hey, let's just be real for a second. Christianity has kind of a, become a get out of hell card. Have you ever thought about it like that? Well, I don't wanna go to hell, so I'm gonna say the prayer that the pastor tells me to pray. Come on, I remember doing that when I was a kid. Uh, I went to Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames one time at our church in Alabama, and it scared me to death. Has anybody ever been to that? Boy, I, you know, I was down in that altar praying when I was a kid, like, Lord, please, that Satan guy really seems mean, and I just, I can't, okay? And I remember doing all of those things, but, but when I got a little older, I understood that all I did was gave Jesus a little bit of lip service, and I didn't really submit my life to him. Does this make sense? And so what I want you just to under, understand and see for just a few minutes tonight, hey, Christianity is much more than praying a prayer. Christianity is much more than church attendance. Christianity is much more than wearing the cross necklace and, and coming and hanging out at Powerhouse once a week, but Christianity and really making Jesus the Lord of your life means that I'm gonna begin to submit to him and live the way that he's called me to live. And this is where many of us, we fall short. And, and listen to me for just a second. I in no way want you to feel terrible about yourself, feel super, super guilty, or like I'm trying to condemn you, that's not my goal at all. What I'm hoping tonight does just a little bit is it convicts you 
to where you know that you need to change the way that you're living a little bit, right? Come on, all of us need to change just a little bit. All of us probably need to change a lot, if we're gonna be honest. But we need to begin to shift and align our, uh, our life with Christ in the Bible, okay? And so um, if you have made this sort of profession, if you're declaring that Jesus is Lord, if you're doing all of these things, I want you to understand that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, it affects every other thing that you do. And so even the Bible, when it begins to talk about following Christ, it's, it's talking about counting the cost. I'm gonna think about this decision. I'm gonna make sure that I know what it means, what it takes to follow Jesus. I know what it uh, really takes to be a Christian. And I'm gonna think about all of these things before I make this decision. And a lot of us in this room, I really, really do believe that we have, we have maybe even said a prayer and we've said with our lips that Jesus is the Lord of our life, but the way we live our life is nowhere close to what that really means. And so I hope tonight for just a second that this makes you think about the way that you're living, think about what you're doing, and hopefully adjust some things just a little bit to where you begin to align your life with the way Christ has called you to live and, and with uh, the way that uh, scripture tells us that we are to live. And so when you uh, make Jesus the Lord of your life, you begin to do what he wants you to do. You know, uh, there was a verse that stuck out to me. It's uh, the last verse that I wanna share with you tonight. Um, Jesus is actually addressing uh, many of the people who are following him in great crowds here in Luke chapter six. And uh, many of Jesus's parables, many of his teachings addressed the Pharisees. They were the religious group of the time. Uh, he addressed these religious uh, folks and, and uh, they were very kind of judgmental, but their hearts were yet far from God. And uh, so his disciples that were following him, even the ones that thought they were really following Jesus, this is what he says to them, and this is what I want you to read. Look at this verse, Luke 6, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 46, and Jesus says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why do you call me Lord and not do what I tell you? And you know, I, I was reading and, and, and kind of getting ready for tonight, and I just kept feeling like, I wonder if this is what Jesus says to us a lot. Man, why, why do you call yourself a, you know, a Christian? Why do you call me Lord? Why do you say you're following after me, and yet nothing in your life runs after me? Nothing in your life really aligns with, with me and what I've called you to do at all. I mean, I think a lot of us would be guilty of that, we, we, we honor God with our lips, but we don't honor him in the way that we live at all. And, and this kind of started to be very convicting for me, just reading through this and especially, man, uh, being the, the pastor over a powerhouse, talking to you guys every week, what I don't want, I, I never want students to come in and to get to this place where we feel like everything is good and great, where we can honor God, you know, in an hour of service and then we leave and live like however we wanna do the, the rest of the week and think that that is biblical Christianity because we see here it's not. Are y'all are y'all following me? Do you see issues with this in our culture today? People honoring God with their lips and yet not honoring them in the way that they live at all. And then I just want you before you start casting this, the the first stone and judging everybody around you because it's real easy. To be like, oh yeah, she I saw her at school the other day, and you know you start you start doing this and that and thinking about everybody else. I want you to think about yourself. 
And I want you to think about the way that you went through school today, maybe the way that you acted during class or to your friends. The way that you lived your life today, would it be honoring of God? Would it please God? Would it make him happy? Did you live today for yourself or for God? Because if it was for you, I might would challenge and say, Jesus is probably not the Lord of your life. Does this make sense? And so all of these things, I'm telling you, Christianity is is a lot deeper than than often what we deem. And, And Jesus desires more than us just to say a prayer once, but Jesus desires us to follow after him that we seek after him, we model our life after him, and we've gotta do our best to live like him. And so what, what does that mean? You have to open your Bible and read to see how he lived and then try to live like that. You know, one thing that stood out to us, we were talking uh, with some of our leadership team the last few days uh, just about the surveys and things that you filled out a couple of weeks ago. One, Hey, thank you so much for filling out a survey. I think it gave us some stuff to work on, to think about, and to include in ministry uh, in the future. But here's a few things that I want you to uh, think about just as the the group collectively uh, tonight, just about the students. This is a question that stood out. This is just a few facts. 60% of our students wish that they knew more about God. Okay, so that means this is kind of a little funny also not funny at all, but that means 40% of us have no desire to want to know any more about God. That's a little scary to me, right? Okay, Um, 43% of us said that they spend time with God daily. So that means 57%, almost 60% of our youth group do not spend time with God daily. This last one was probably the scariest number of, of the whole survey. 20% of our youth group read their Bible daily? 20%. That means 80% haven't made Bible reading a part of their normal routine. Right? And I just wanna suggest to you for, for a moment, maybe we don't know how we're called to live because we never open the Bible to read and find out. We don't know what God has called us to do because we never read his word, right? We, we don't know what, what Jesus is speaking to us because we never have this, this time where we come before him and seek him. And, and this is what I want you to see. The, the Bible tells us that when we seek him, we will find him. But a lot of times it, it takes some sort of effort on our part just to step towards God and say, Lord, I, I want more of you. I wanna have a moment with you. And uh, you know it's, it's pretty sad, I, I feel like, if a lot of us say that we're Christians and we never make any effort to run after God at all, right? We call ourselves Christian and yet, Christians and, and yet we never open up the word of God. Like, that's very scary to me. And, and what I, I kind of want you to see tonight, I want you to think about this. And, you know, those of us who call ourselves Christian in this room, have you really made Jesus the Lord of your life because a lot of our actions would say we haven't. And then if you realize that, what do we need to shift? What do we need to change to align our lives with the word of God? Because God has called us to more. God has called you to more than just come into a powerhouse service on Wednesday. 
You know, I was uh, following, uh, I follow, you know, a bunch of pastors on social media and stuff, and I I remember there was uh, a post on Instagram several weeks ago that actually sparked this, uh, which is why I'm talking about it just a little bit. Um, But this guy said, um, he asked his congregation essentially this, is there an area in your life where you have made Jesus Lord? So I want you to think about this for just a second. Is there an area in your life where you have made Jesus Lord, where you have given him authority over your life? Is there an area? Okay, and and a lot of people, you probably would first go to, hey, uh, I go to church, right? That's a good thing. I go to church, I go to powerhouse, I try to go worship God. And then what really stood out to me is this pastor kind of started stepping on toes just a little bit. And he said, no, wait, um, you know, most of us would say we make, God, Lord, when we go to church and worship him, and he said, okay, at best, you are um, making Jesus Lord of your life for an hour a week, which is sad, okay? And then we could go on and argue just a little bit that we don't make Jesus Lord even when we're at church. When you start d- d- uh, discussing all the distractions, when you start talking about, uh, man, I'm, you know, I'm worried about homework or I'm talking to my friend, I'm not really worshiping, I'm not really gonna engage in, in prayer, or be hungry for the word or anything like that. Like, does that really sound like Jesus is Lord while you're at church? No, it sounds more like we are, right? Like we've all been guilty of this. And so when you start talking about it, it's like, man, maybe I haven't made Jesus Lord of any part of my life. And so what I want you to think about for just a second is that Jesus has has called you to more. Jesus desires more of us. He desires more for, for Christians. And I think a lot of American Christians are deceived thinking that they are honoring God and yet they have only honored him with their lips. And I don't want Powerhouse to be a youth group where we honor God with our lips. I want him, I want us to be a youth group where we honor God with the way that we live every single day. And so tonight, I, I don't know, you know, where you are spiritually. I want to ask the, the worship team to, to come on up. I don't know where you are spiritually. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if, if this is somewhat convicting to you or maybe you're, you know, just really new to, to church and, and you don't understand all what's going on. Hey, that's completely fine. We want you to keep coming and learning and growing. But tonight, I really felt like there was going to be a good group that you're just going to be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I need... I need to really shift some things in my life to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Because it's really easy to let you run your life. It's really easy to, to go through class and walk through the halls of your school and you're running your life. You're, you're making every decision. You're not being led by God in any way. And oftentimes the things that God calls you to do, right, we can even say no because they're uncomfortable or they're hard or because he asked you to give up some things. And we don't like that very much. We don't like being uncomfortable. I get it. But I felt like tonight there were going to be some students who really needed to adjust some things. And I don't know. I want to give an opportunity for you to do that. And and I feel like even in my my life, I feel like it's easy to segment things. It's easy to segment when you come to church. It's easy to segment maybe when you're around a a certain group of friends and you act a certain way that maybe is a little more honoring of God. And and then you get around these other people and, and I'm not honoring God as much. Or it's easy to only give God part. And, and what this scripture is saying, when we look at the definition of Lord, it means that he has authority over all. And so when you make 
Jesus the Lord of your life, it means that he now has authority over every aspect of your life. Your friends, your family, your school, your career, where you go to college, how you date, all of these things, man, what you hook at on the internet, what you think about, what you talk about. Jesus has an opinion over a lot of these things. And, and listen, making him the Lord of your life means submitting all of these things before him. And tonight, I, I think some people are kind of starting to get this just a little bit that Jesus has called you to more than just to say a prayer at a church but it's really following after him every single day. 